Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money, and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi, I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honoured to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Three decades ago, Carrie Shell began her career as a midwife, Over the years, her role in the health and wellness space has evolved with graduate school, becoming a yoga instructor, and as a director of health and wellness, creating innovative programs at an addiction centre, and presently as a speaker and author. Carrie's latest book is full of warmth, humour, and wisdom to help women who are grey drinkers, women who aren't alcoholics but have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol, to create wellness in their lives. This conversation with Carrie may be eye-opening for many, highlighting our habits and how we can potentially make healthier choices moving forward and take greater care of ourselves with kindness and honesty. Welcome, Carrie, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you for having me. Now, I'm a little bit excited to chat to you. You're our first guest from Costa Rica, of all places. Um, So thank you for joining us today. Now, for those who have not heard of you, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, my name is Carrie Shell, and as you mentioned, I am living here in Costa Rica. My whole life has been devoted to health and wellness, and from the early years, I was a practicing midwife for a couple decades. And through the years, my career changed. I've been a yoga instructor, an addiction specialist, speaker, author. And right now, my passion is uh, with women and gray drinking and just really educating women and trying to help women mm. and I have think, an issue with gray drinking, yes. Yes, and I think that's what made me sort of, you know, uh, catch, catch my eye uh, with you was the term gray drinking. I'd never heard of it before. Do you want to explain to us who've never heard of it um, how prevalent right. it is and exactly what it is? Um, So like you, I had never heard of the term gray drinking. And even though I had spent years as a director at an addiction center, when I heard the expression gray drinking, I really had to give pause. And so for those of you who don't know, gray drinking are for people who may question if they need to stop drinking or if you ever think, you know what, maybe I need to cut back a bit. You may be a gray drinker. So you don't identify as an alcoholic 
but you're certainly questioning your relationship with alcohol. And for me, that's, that's who I am. I am a great drinker. And so the term really resonates. Yeah, I think I'm in that same camp with you, to be honest with you. Uh, when I, I read um, the definition that you have on your website, I was like, uh, hello. <laughs> um, and yeah, there's so many of us, um, you know, particularly women who are in their 40s, 50s, even into the 60s, where it's just part of every day, every week. I think you're right. And, you know, I don't think the pandemic has helped at all. Mm. In fact, women report a 41% increase in heavy drinking, and that's five drinks or more at one time. So you're right, we're not alone. Mm. And, you know, at our age, um, you know, drinking is not good for us, um, particularly hormonally and all of the things it can do to us, right? Exactly. And, and, it's not just women our age. A lot of young women too are drinking daily and, mm. you know, it's quite common and it's part of our culture. When you get home at night, you mm. open a bottle of wine or you have a beer or two, then you might have one with dinner and then maybe one before bed. So it just creeps up. You're thinking, okay, it's been over seven hours, but then you look back and that bottle of wine's empty. Yeah. So, and it becomes a habit for us. It becomes a routine that we need and enjoy. And it's really challenging to to develop new patterns there. Mm. And, you know, as, as someone who's worked in, you know, addiction centers and things like that, I mean, when you look at the definition of an alcoholic, most of us were like, yeah, no, we're not. We're not an alcoholic. Like we, we can we can do without it, you know. Um, but there comes a time where we go, we keep coming back to it, don't we? Exactly. So we may think we can do without it, but it's pretty challenging mm. because I think a lot of times for those of us who are great drinkers, we do think throughout the course of our day, oh, do I have a bottle of wine at home chilling or do I need to pop around to the market to get one? Mm. So we may not hit rock bottom or identify as an alcoholic, but we're getting those tendencies to want and crave and need alcohol throughout the course of our day. Mm. And I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know where you are, but here in Australia, a, a common term, particularly, um, you know, in our demographic is wine time, you know, end of the day, yes. wine time. Um, and it's just part of our culture and our everyday, as you say. Um, so how do you work with women to sort of break that cycle of, of that mm. habit? Right. It's very challenging because as you said, wine time, mm. It's so ingrained in our culture and what we do. We have dinner and we have wine and drinks. We're going to meet friends for lunch. We have wine. I'm just using wine as an example. We have whatever, whatever the drink of choice is. And so what makes it challenging is that if I were to say to you, listen, I heard this podcast. I think I might have a I think I might need to cut back or drink. Your friends would say, no, you don't. <laughs> You're fine. Look, like we're, we're all okay. Because everyone is, a lot of us are in that category where we've left the normal healthy. And as you say, we could skip it for a few days and not even notice to where, no, I actually, it would be hard for me not to have a drink that day. And although we don't hit rock bottom, um, we do need to change our behaviors. And so to answer your question, that's where we start. And we start with really needing to stop drinking for about 10 days to give us a few things. One, it shows us that we can, that even though it's really challenging, we can actually do it. 
The second thing it does, it allows us clarity. We've stepped back and we see we can do it. And in 10 days, you actually start to feel a little different. Mm. And with that clarity and feeling differently, both emotionally, mentally, and, and spiritually, we can then make an informed decision. Mm. Yeah. And you know what? I actually did that last year. Um, I went for six weeks um, and I called them dry days. <laughs> um, yeah. and, I, and I actually used an app and it counted the days and it calculated how much money you saved um, and how many um, drinks you saved and how many calories you saved at the same time. And during that time, like just looking at those benefits, just those couple benefits alone, by just stopping mm. drinking on a regular basis, financially, the benefits are huge, particularly uh, where we are and things are quite expensive. Um, and then, you know, um, from your physical um, transformation, you know, I think I lost a few kilos just by not um, drinking alone. Um, and I was like, hmm, this is pretty good. And I felt better. I had more energy. Um, I felt more switched on, less brain fog. Um, you know, there was just these simple benefits by just cutting out that one thing. That's right. And so can I ask, are you drinking now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not uncommon. And so is your drinking the same as it was before? Um, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and listen, no judgment whatsoever. It's just interesting. Aren't we mm. amazing species where we do something for six weeks we feel better. Mm. We're losing weight at that brain fog, right? Mm. You lose that brain fog. You might not be hung over in the morning, but you just have that little bit of fog mm. and, you know, the saving of the money. We know all these benefits. And yet when yeah. we've reached that goal of six weeks, it's like, I'm stopping to get that bottle of wine tonight. And I'm really, and it's really cause for us to stop and pause. So what I like to do with women is, because we're not alcoholics per se, where it's not a clinical disease, where with alcoholics, you would clearly say, no, it's, it's commonly held that no, you won't be going back to drinking. Mm. But with gray drinking, this is new territory. This is a new term. This is a new awareness. We're a new group that we're identifying. So there are no longitudinal studies. Mm. We're all in this together. Um, so what I would like to see is us changing our behavior slowly. Mm. I'm not going to tell women, listen, you can't drink again, because clinically, I think from what I know from the research and data is that with some cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy and other practices that we could learn to drink more mindfully. Mm. And by that, I mean, we could have more control over our drinking. We could be comfortable with not having it every night. Or maybe we have one glass of wine a night. So that's what I like to work with women to do. Mm. And the other thing that I've recently learned is is actually understanding those triggers as well. Is like, okay, um, when I do this, what what are the triggers, and and what what are, what's the pattern here? And so mm -hmm. I try to recognize that and be mindful of that and acknowledge it and go, okay, well, when this happens, you tend to go and get a glass of wine. Um, so you know. Is it that you have a different coping mechanism um, instead of, you know, wine or whatever um, and actually being more mindful, as you say, um, doesn't mean you don't drink at all, just thinking about your consumption and how often it is and why you're doing it. 
That's right. And remembering. And what I love is just, the you know, it's so cliche, but day by day. Because you may have had a rough day mm. and you may really want to have that drink that night. But if you don't, you go to bed realizing, you know what, I got through that without having that drink and you wake up feeling better. Mm. And so when we keep that in mind, it really helps us through those next 24 hours. And I love how you mentioned the triggers. It's mm. so important because alcohol is really insidious mm. because I love to call it our frenemy. It yeah. is one thing you can always count on. It's there when I'm feeling really good. Mm. It's there when I've had a shitty day. Mm-hmm. It's there when I'm I'm just, you know, feeling maybe depressed and low or anxious and stressed, or I just want to relax. So it's there for every occasion faithfully. Mm. It will always be there. And so it's really challenging to break those patterns. But I think really touch that mindful behavior of, of acknowledging it triggered at any time. I can look for it for everything. For some people, it might not be the case. Mm. So, I mean, you know, how long have you been uh, working with people on, on grey drinking and what kind of change are you seeing already? Right. So grey drinking, my work in grey drinking has only been going on for about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I was really watching how my alcohol consumption was increasing through COVID. Mm. And I thought, I can't be alone. And sure enough, you'd see in media reports, alcohol consumption, the alcohol stores are profiting and the sales are going up. And just sitting back and looking also at my friendship groups Mm. and really thinking, wow, I, when I'm with these friends, really, we, we talk, we have meaningful conversation, but there always has to be alcohol present. Mm. When I heard the term gray drinking, I thought I really need to do work here. So for about a year, I've been doing the work and the work it's having an impact. It really is now because it's only been a year, I can't tell you what it's going to look five, 10 years down the road for women. That's something we're trying to capture now. But the women I've been working with, we have been having success in them feeling that they have that control. Mm. They, as you say, some actually aren't drinking at all and they're feeling a lot better. And some are just more mindful drinkers and they are cutting back and they feel just so much better. Mm. And I think there's that, I don't know, there's kind of this reward, um, thought pattern that oh, yeah. you, that you have you know when um you don't drink or that you drink more mindfully um and you're like yeah I nailed it you know like you kind of have this yeah I did it kind of thing and if you can keep that momentum going um that's where the change and the new habit forms I think right and I don't know about you but I have really started to observe I don't know what your type of personality but type A women, I feel a lot of times can be great drinkers. Mm. You can juggle a lot of balls really successfully. You might be managing, you know, you might be a mom and taking care of kids and the home, but you also have a job and you have a healthy relationship and you're that go-to a person in your friendship group. And I feel that type A personalities it's also that reward there too. Yeah. So it's a twofold thing. It's a re- we reward ourselves by feeling very good about 
I know for myself personally what I have to-do lists. Mm. And if I get my to-do list done, and that would include, okay, I had a workout or a walk, I drank enough water, I did all my work things, my family things, all my, what I wanted to accomplish, I'm rewarding myself now at the end of the day with some wine. Mm. So it's nice to see how you mentioned that we can transfer those rewards into healthy rewards for us Mm. that really benefit us far better. Yeah, I try not to use the wine as the reward. <laughs> I, you know what? I I can tell you, I was so bad at it. Mm. I was, I would honestly, I'd be chugging <laughs> a couple <laughs> liters of wine at the end of the day. I told myself I couldn't have any wine unless I had flushed everything out of my body, <laughs> and then I'd be corking some wine. I mean, what's the sense in it? It's it's it gets crazy. Yes. Yeah. And like you say, we are crazy humans, aren't we? Because, you know, we'll do something, we'll be so focused on our wellness and our health and then we'll go and do that. And then we'll wonder what, what we've done. You know, it's like, come on, wake up. <laughs> Why am I not losing that little bit of weight? Yeah. <laughs> you know, 800 calories. Let later. me just have another yeah. one and work it out. No. <laughs> and I think it's important that we're talking about this mm. because it's, it is hard socially because you'll get a couple reactions. You will have people who are supportive in the sense that they'll say, listen, you are fine. Like you don't drink too much because we're all drinking the same amount. So Mm. if they acknowledge that my drinking behaviors may be questionable, it turns that mirror to them and then they'll have to question it. So it's really hard. So we need to start saying, you know what? It's okay. We're all like this, you know, we're all struggling. It's been a hard go, but let's, let's get back on track. So I think it's an important conversation that we're having. So thank you for having me. Mm, No, thank you for being here. And, you know, just going back to, um, you know, COVID and, um, you know, particularly through the, the peak of that, um, you know, I, I can remember the news reports of when we were going into lockdowns that, you know, the bottle shops had lineups at the front, um, whereas, you know, the grocery stores didn't. So it's like it really shows where our focus in it is in our coping mechanism. It definitely is. Mm. And it's that sense of also that socialization piece mm. where if you are a social person, it works twofold. If you're a social person, you're probably used to after work having going out maybe for drinks mm. or on the weekends with your dinners or whatever that that looked like for you. And if you are a more introverted person, maybe that's how you coped as an introvert. Mm. You had to have your your drink at home alone, and that's how you found your comfort. So twofold, and I I, I totally get why those lines were long. Mm, yeah. But now we're coming out, and it, we need to to make more sense of it. I think. Yeah, and I remember at the peak of it, they actually put limitations on what people could buy because people were stockpiling because they didn't want to leave the house. <laughs> yes, like that's just and you know oh. getting back to to our friendship groups and things. So people will either be, you'll have friends who may find it challenging to be with you if you're not drinking. Mm. And I don't know what your friends, if you can remember back to those six weeks, Mm. if you had a few friends who, who found it challenging and they, if you weren't drinking, they, they found it very awkward and others I bet were very supportive. Yeah. How did you feel during that time? 
Yeah, and you know, this is where it was interesting to have an app tracking what was happening as well because they had milestones in there if you went out, you know, for drinks but mm-hmm. you weren't drinking. Um, yes. So I actually tested myself and I went um, to um, an after-work event where it was at a, at a bar and um, even just ordering something that was not alcoholic was tricky. Um, but I, I yes. openly said, I'm not drinking. Um, and so I just have like sparkling water or something like that. It looked like I was drinking vodka, but I wasn't, um, but <laughs> nobody knew. Um, but most of my friends were really supportive about it. And then others were like, mm, are you okay? And I was just like, no, this is just a healthy choice I'm making for myself because, you know, I realized enough was enough at the time. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I'm a smart human, um, and I, I shouldn't do dumb things, right? So <laughs> right. that was that was my kind of rationale for it. And so I thought, yep, yeah, no, this is this is the challenge for me. And the initial challenge was six, I think, six weeks. And I think I ended up doing it for like three months in the end. But um, wow, yeah. So I just kept going, and then mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I'd say I will return back to that and hang on to that for as long as I can, very very soon. Um, and because I did feel a lot better, so it's really right. being being a, a smart human doing smart things. <laughs> it's the one thing we do find when we go through these breaks that I like to bring awareness to is that we may t- find our reward somewhere else. And mm. I don't know if it was like this for you, but maybe you went to sugar or maybe you went to bread and whatever, or coffee, you'll mm. find a substitute. So it's again, trying to find balance of, not depriving ourselves. We, I, I'm not saying don't have any sugar or any coffee, but we can't switch out mm. things completely because that's not going to help us either. Mm. So I love this idea of this app where it's that affirming all mm. these little milestones, you know, going out. But how funny is it? I know for me, when you go out and you you don't have an alcoholic drink and people will question you like, why aren't you drinking? Mm. And, okay, and you, have to rational, you, you have to give an answer yeah. as opposed to, well, I'm not asking you why you are drinking, but mm. you have to almost give a defense to why you aren't, which, which gets awkward. So some people just find initially they have to back away from social situations mm. to avoid that that sort of pressure. Yeah. Initially I did that too, where I just was like, no, I don't feel like going out drinking, even though I'm not drinking because it it would put you in that space where you would want to. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, I just, I just avoid it altogether in certain situations where I didn't feel I wanted to deal with it. Um, So yeah, I think, you know, just trusting in yourself and giving yourself a chance, I think is really important too. And, and having those new associations, if you do remove alcohol having something else there that is still that little pleasure um that that satisfies you so 10 days is a good amount of time where you really start to lose those cravings Mm. where it gets much easier after 10 days you'll still want and probably maybe romanticize it um but it gets much easier to go the day without it And so I think it is a smart move sometimes initially for depending on who you are as an individual um, to really step back from those social things where you would find it too challenging. Mm. I mean, why put yourself in that situation where it's challenging enough Mm. to go with the alcohol than to to be at a party or at a bar or somewhere where you're going to be 
just in the face of it. So those are good decisions. Mm. And, you know, one thing that I found um, that sort of, you know, in our demographic changes our viewpoint sometimes and puts us into that unconscious space is the media, um, you know, like so you, you could be doing your Netflix binging or whatever you do, um, but they glorify alcohol all the time. It's interesting you say that. I was just saying to my husband how I've noticed over the last few years that strong, dynamic women mm. in media, in entertainment, when they're drinking now at a bar, they're always drinking hard liquor neat. Mm. It's They're not having a glass of wine. They're always having scotch or bourbon neat. And mm. I just thought they're really targeting women to go deeper into hard alcohol. Mm. And I, I'm not sure why, but it's very evident. And I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out. It is hard. Mm. Yeah. And like all of the, the major series that most people are watching on Netflix or whatever at the moment, um, I, just, I just can recall at least half a dozen that would, you know, have alcohol in many of the scenes um, that, you know, have people like us in it, um, you know, monkey yeah. see, monkey do. So it was like, hmm, this actually is what triggers those unconscious patterns and behaviours for some people to go, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. Exactly. Mm. Well, and celebrities who are either endorsing or coming out with their own brands of alcohol, yeah. especially tequilas, mm-hmm. and you realize you're doing tequilas because if you're paleo or keto or anything like that, you can drink tequila. Mm. So it makes sense that these, you know, that models and movie stars and actors are gravitating toward promoting and creating tequilas because that's probably the drink that they choose. And then now young people and every age are going to now be drinking tequila more often. Mm. So it's, amazing how that marketing or wines branded skinny drink or there's some that are branded Mm. you know lower lower calorie content so you can have a guilty you know there's less guilt in that pleasure Mm. so it's all around us it's it's phenomenal yeah well they're doing niche marketing for that now but you know the one thing I did find um through this non-drinking period is that um non-alcoholic drinks have become a boomtown since COVID uh, because, yeah. um, you know, non-alcoholic beers, wine, spirits, the whole lot um, are now like a boom because people want it and they want to have the same kind of thing without having the alcohol. That's right. I mean, people are realising, boy, I can't be drinking half to a whole bottle of wine a night, mm. so I need, I need to find something else. And And dry bars are opening. I know Mm. in New York City, a couple in California, dry bars are opening and they're thriving. Mm. So I think there, hopefully there'll be a space where they can co-mingle, where you can go out to a bar and it can be a vibrant social scene and there'll be a place for people who don't want to drink, Mm. you know, and you won't feel like you're a pariah or you're an outcast or that people won't think you're as much fun. It'll just be a normal thing to have people who don't drink and great drinks for them available. Yeah. So hopefully we're, even though it's quite a dichotomy that mm. media is really pitching drinking to us and smoking again, I'm noticing. Yeah, yeah. And the bars are opening up that are dry, so. Mm. Yeah, and I actually... 
Thanks, Russ. I actually tried that at Christmas. I went out to a Christmas lunch and um, the the place that we went um, did mocktails and they did a lot of non-alcoholic drinks. Um, however, half of them were sold out. Um, but it, it did give you that option if you didn't want to drink. And I was with women who were pregnant as well and didn't want to drink. So I thought, what a great idea for to make it inclusive for everyone, you know, um, and mm-hmm. who wanted to be conscious about their drinking regardless of their situation. That's right. And a point I'd like to bring up just when you become more conscious of your drinking is you're going to run the whole gamut mm. of emotions. If you decide that you really want to do a 10 day reset and if people want to do it, I'll, I'll give you some information. They can go to the graydrinkingreset.com and there's a free 10 day reset that will be available for them that they can follow along. But I even know when I, the times when I go, when I decide to enter into a dry period, Mm. I'll have a date set. And for me, I'm a Monday person. I don't know about you, but I'm Mm. a Monday. I'm a Monday gal. You know, if I'm going to give up sweets, I'll wait till Monday and I'll have some cake on the weekend Mm -hmm. or drinking. I'll finish off that last bottle of wine I have before Monday, that kind of thing. So I know that I have even given myself days to start. And I can feel myself becoming anxious on Sunday. Mm. And I just want to let people know that that's normal, that you're going to go through fears and worries about not drinking. And it is so normal. So don't think you're alone out there when you're worried and, and wondering how you're going to do it. And you may even skip that day. You may even drink Monday because it's giving you such anxiety and worry that, You'll have a drink Monday and you will start Tuesday. But don't think because you had the drink Monday that, that you can't do it. You're, it's okay. But don't go a whole week. Just say, I'm going to start tomorrow. Yeah. So just realize there'll be lots of emotions. Mm. And that the was- other thing I want to point Oh, sorry. The other no, no, thing no, I want to point out is that if you have a partner <clears throat> and they're a great drinker too, or maybe they're a heavy drinker. Mm. Maybe they're a little pushing the envelope behind the gray. You're really going to be become aware of that. Mm. And you may become resentful. <laughs> You're going to have lots of things that come up. You may have worry. You may have resentment. You may be journaling because I get people to journal. Mm. You may be journaling. Why the hell am I not, you know, mm. I only have three glasses a day. They're the ones who really should be stopping. Mm. And that's, Again, it's okay to have those emotions and those realizations too, but I just encourage you to bring it all back to you. Okay. That may be true with them, but right now you just need to get in a healthy spot. You need to do this work right now. Mm. And then after some time, start those conversations with your partner. But for now, just, it's good that we have those awarenesses, but just do the work for yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, um, the other thing that I learned was not to be so hard on yourself either. Like if you if you do have a drink and you you don't actually meet the commitment you set for yourself, that's okay. Tomorrow's another day. Exactly. Mm. And I like to encourage women that when you do have that day, when you do have the day that you have a drink or two or whatever it looks like for you, Tomorrow is a new day. Mm. Don't don't be that Monday gal and say, okay, well, I blew it on Tuesday, so I'm going to blow it all week till next Monday. No, be a new, have a new approach. Mm. Say, you know what? Yeah, okay, I did that. 
how did you feel? Like, did you feel so great by having those drinks? Did it change your whole evening or afternoon that it was so worth it? You'll probably wake up thinking, you know what? I feel foggy again. I'm not, you know, oh, I was feeling better when Mm. I wasn't drinking. So start again fresh today. And I love how you say, don't be hard on yourself. That's so Mm. important. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, for me, it's that association is like, well, you know, if I, and again, it comes back to decision-making. Nobody puts that stuff in our mouth, right? We do it. We do it. It's our decision. So um, it's about having values behind it and understanding that, okay, well, if I choose that drink, these are the consequences of that. Do you want to feel those or do you want the good ones? So weigh it up. And you have to really tune in to what you're feeling in either state. And if you can associate good with what you want to achieve, then you've got a greater chance. Well, you know, that's, I I love everything you're saying, because (laughs) think today, how often do we take time to check in? Mm. How often do we take five minutes in the morning to just, okay, I'm going to have quiet time for five minutes, whatever that looks like for you. It could be doing nothing. Maybe it's a meditation or a guided meditation. Maybe there's some spiritual readings you like to do, journaling, whatever that looks like. But we rarely take the time to check in Mm. or stop and slow down. And rarely does it go beyond that where we say, so what is the alcohol doing for me? Why am I going to the alcohol? Okay. I've had a hard day. I've run around a lot today and I, I need that to allow me to decompress and slow down. Okay. Well, if I take that out, what else can I do? Mm. Oh, a walk. I could go for a beautiful walk right now for 20 minutes and come back and feel even more refreshed and decompressed. But we don't take that time to assess and give ourselves other options. Mm. So it, it becomes challenging and it becomes just such a pattern for us. Absolutely. And probably one of the things that you do carry uh, is yoga uh, to, to have that movement of the body and, and move those things through um, instead of sitting with them as well. No doubt that helps the mindset. Yes, it does. Physical activity. So when I was doing graduate school, uh, work on PhD, doing research on addiction, uh, yoga, meditation and physical activity research really demonstrates that it's more effective in dealing with addiction and alcoholism than traditional therapies and medication. Mm. So we're working towards that. Mm. My first book and program was all about that, about addiction and and integrating yoga, meditation, and physical activity into your day. And it's, it's hard, but we find time for all those things that may not support our wellness. Now we need to do a 180 and take time to really integrate things that do support our wellness. Mm. So for me, and this isn't for everyone, but I've really had to develop an early morning program Mm. for myself where I even just go for a short walk or maybe if I don't have the time for the walk, it's just taking 20 minutes to have, for me, it's a a cup of coffee and to just decompress and have quiet time before I get everyone else up in the morning and just acknowledge and be thankful and give thanks and have gratitude and a happy heart and set my intention for that day for happiness and a good day and just let all the negativity go. 
but I need to have that foundation in my day. And it is amazing how your day is different. Mm. I don't know about you with do you have any sort of things yeah. that you like to do? Yeah, I'm I'm virtually the same. Uh, when I get up, I have to have that quiet time uh, with my coffee and I usually uh, am generally doing some kind of spiritual reading or meditation and um, I, I allow myself up to at least half an hour for that because without it, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not myself. <laughs> it's amazing. And when you get into that practice, it's like brushing your teeth. Yeah. You don't feel... Like you can start your day unless you brush your teeth and Mm. you don't feel like you can start your day until you can have your practice. Mm. And so if we can encourage women, we do have full lives, especially if you do have a family, you have a full life, but you need to have time for yourself. And the morning it is hard, I know, but that seems to be that sweet spot that Mm. we can carve out for ourselves, set our alarm a half hour early whatever you need to do to take time for you to honor you. Mm. We carry a lot on our shoulders and Mm. I'm not, I'm not negating men. Men Mm. have a whole other thing going on, other pressures, but our pressures are different and our, our responsibilities are different. They are equally great, equally challenging, but they're different. And, and we can honor that and take time to nurture ourselves. Mm. I think we've lost that woman culture a bit and I really want to bring it back. And I think that comes from being a midwife also, Yeah, you know, midwife means woman with women, women helping women. And it's always been part of me. I just want us to acknowledge and honor our womanhood and we need to be healthy. And I don't think it's always just by having drinks together. Mm. We need to find other ways as women to come together and be dynamic and strong and powerful that doesn't always have to have alcohol. And maybe you and I will be the first ones to get out in our spaces in the world and get women doing that. And I think it'd be lovely. Mm. I'm down for that. I'm down for that, Carrie. Now, um, if someone is listening to this, if there's a woman out there who's going, oh my gosh, I know every single thing they're talking about. This is me. I identify with this. What's the top three tips you could give them right now if they want to make a change? Hmm. Well, the first tip I would give them, and this is blatant, it's not self-promotion, but I have a 10-day of free, it's free women, so just go and you'll download it. It's called the 10-day reset, and you can get it at thegraydrinkingreset.com, and it's a 10-day program, and it's very gentle and easy, and in that, you will be journaling every day, and you'll be given prompts to help guide you through some of the challenges that you'll be going through, because it's not easy. I'm not, I'm not here to sell you, you know, a box mm. of rainbows. <laughs> it is challenging. It is work. It's mindfulness. But it's, I don't think anyone has ever had a workout or gone for a walk or done yoga or, and regretted it. Mm. You may have to drag yourself to the gym or direct, put those sneakers on, but no one has ever regretted it. And you will not regret taking 10 days for yourself not drinking. You will feel better. You will feel healthier. So that's number one. Number two, I would just like you right now to acknowledge that if you're having those thoughts, chances are you're a great drinker. And if you are, then you need to really do some thinking. Maybe the 10 day reset's not for you. Maybe you're not there yet, but it's going to come back to you. And so just know that that's okay. 
today you may not be ready, but mark my words, it's coming. If it's if this resonates with you at all, it, it's because you're listening to this for a reason and you're listening to it because you are sensing that you need to make a shift, you need to make a change, and maybe it's not alcohol. And I just want to put that out there too. Mm. Maybe you are... It's with your food habits. Maybe it's something else that you know that you need to take a break from and 10 days is a good way to start. Uh, And the other thing is I want you to have conversations with your friends. Don't do this alone. Mm. So those would be my three things. Check out the reset. Just acknowledge if it is resonating, you probably need to do some work and you might not be ready yet. And that's so fine. But just know it's probably coming and that there are resources out there and we're here to help you. And number three, please, please talk to your friends and just say, hey, listen, I was listening to this awesome podcast, you know, and and I think like, what do you guys think? Like, why don't we have lunch next week, but let's not drink or, you know what, we never get together and just go for a walk or bring the conversation to light and see what happens. Mm, yeah. And and that's yeah. it, you know, it starts with us. The change begins with us. It does. It's, mm. the, it's the ethical change, right? <laughs> that's it. All now, right, sister. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know you've mentioned your website there, Carrie, but if, yeah. if people want to find out more about you and get in touch with you, where can they go? Just go to carrieshell.com. Shell is spelt it's C-A-R-R-I-E, Shell, S-C-H-E-L-L.com. Well, I'm sure you'll have it in your notes for your podcast. And you can just reach out to me directly. I, will, I would love to talk to you and give you information. We're all here to help one another. So please just reach out. I also have a book coming out and it's called The Grey Drinking Reset. Mm. And that's a more comprehensive. If you've done the 10-day and you feel like you want to do more work, this is a 30-day, and it goes really into the nuts and bolts and and into more deep issues around yourself, around partners, around family, around how this has impacted kids and relationships, the whole gamut. So if you've done the 10-day and you're feeling good and you're on a good groove and you want it more, there's the 30-day. And if that, you know, we'll, we can do work one-on-one in group work. We have a Facebook group that you may just want to jump on there and just chat with other women. It's just all about women supporting women. So whatever works for you, we're here for you. I reckon I could talk to you all day, Carrie, and I reckon we could change the world together. I agree. Mm. And before I do let you go, though, is um, I've got one last big question for you. Okay. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? Mm. You know what I think it is for me is I really feel our women's culture has been lost. That women sense of community has been lost. And Mm. I see it also in birthing culture. We've lost that whole sense of women helping women and women being encouraging and positive with women who are pregnant and support. And I think it starts there. And I think it just permeates and and it's women helping women raise their children and through our careers and building one another up and letting egos and competition and judgment and expectation go. I, I just want to be that woman 
who, when you meet me, you feel that I saw you Mm. and that maybe I lifted you up a bit. Mm. And that's what we need to do. We need to encourage, you know, you're beautiful physically, emotionally, spiritually. I just want to leave someone feeling a little better that day. And if we all do that, if that's our goal, as opposed to getting more likes and feeling, I don't know what it is, but we're all in this together. And I think the day is just far more beautiful when we can leave someone impacted in a small way. Wow. And imagine the ripple effect with that. You know, I'd I'd just love to reflect on the change that we've discussed in every episode. And, you know, if what you've just dreamt of there happened, wow, imagine the world we'd have. Yeah. Mm, Be incredible. Uh, Can I, uh, let's, let's put a challenge out there. Mm. Let's put a challenge for all your listeners. Just tomorrow, Mm. every woman that you have a conversation with, Give them a compliment about mm. anything. It could be, you know what? I love those glasses about anything. And it is amazing the response. So I'm putting that challenge out there to people. Just lift those women you chat with tomorrow, say something kind to them, and and it comes back to you tenfold. I mm. promise. Mm. It's all all about sharing love and the gratitude, isn't it? It is. So thank you for sharing this with me. I I feel blessed today. Me too. And I can't thank you enough for being a part of the ethical evolution. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your hosts for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Hour.